Welcome, folks, to Game Source Podcast, episode 72. 72. 72. Just drove mm-hmm. myself on this evening. Uh, we're hoping Chris will join us um, hopefully later in the show. It's another beautiful evening in paradise. You know, I, I, it took 72 episodes, and I don't know, maybe I've mentioned this on previous episodes, but I don't really have an intro catchphrase. Um, you do not like PETA? Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe I should make it something along the lines of PETA. Or, hey. you, well, actually, I've called you before and given you the quotation uh, on our site, www.yourgamesource.com, as the world's most dangerous podcast host. <laughs> uh, title accepted. So, uh, Xbox One. Xbox, Xbox One. Was unveiled. Gamers around the world got a closer. Can I ask you a question though? If if when it is sold and comes out later this year, um, are they going to repackage it for these you know South American market and Latino market as Xbox Uno? <laughs> the, the real... I would think that's only fair, and you're you know that's should be you know politically correct, and I think that would kind of be you know pay homage to to that marketplace. But that's just me. The real question is: Is will they print that on the box? <laughs> I would. Well, gamers uh, around the world did get a closer look at the features and some of the capabilities of the Xbox One, which uh, I myself, being able to uh, actually watch that conference, um, I was actually pretty excited myself. And believe me, everyone, it takes a lot to get him excited. <laughs> some aspects of it were, you know, exciting. However. Gerald, why don't you give us a comparison of the PS4 from what was revealed uh, spec-wise regarding uh, performance capabilities and things of that nature with the PS4 versus the Xbox One, and then we'll kind of get more into the breakdown of uh, what the impressions were from the conference. So you're asking for a component-by-component breakdown because we don't have every single thing as of yet far as you know all the nuances uh, of what's going on. but we do have most of the major specs as far as it's concerned it's if you're to to put both under the hood as far as it's concerned i'd probably equate it to being one maybe a camaro and one maybe being a corvette with the ps4 being a little bit more powerful as far as that's concerned um, again, just like this past generation, PS3 was a little bit better under the hood, but you know, for the most part, publishers and developers just made games pretty much blanketing both systems, and there weren't too many physical differences from uh, from one another. I think that's going to apply again. Um, we'll start with the RAM, which I know was a big uh, source of uh, debate whether or not it would be 4, 8, or 16. Hey, Gerald, it, let me ask you something real quick because I was watching the conference again from Microsoft. My understanding is that it has 8 gigs of RAM. Is it DDR4? Is it four? No. Um, for Sony PS4, it's DDR5, which is Five. the latest latest edition to be introduced. So it is cutting edge on that end. Now, uh, with Microsoft, uh, the Xbox One, it was announced it's going to be DDR3. So it's a little... Uh, uh, slower processing, but we're talking, you know, the difference uh, to some developers, maybe they're able to not pack in as much into a game and still have it running 60 frames a second, 60 frames a second. Um, but we're talking a very small differences as far as it's concerned in the, in the ultimate output of the game. Now, did, did they indicate in Sony's um, whether or not that was eight gigs of dedicated DDR5 RAM or if there were, you know, I, I realize they say 8 gigs of DDR5, but did they mention how much of, of dedicated memory that was to actual um, relating to performance? Well, when you're talking about uh, during the conference, as I know you've, you've seen, and if you need to see it again or you haven't seen it at all because it did get uh, quite the ratings uh, boost, uh, for Spike TV and also streaming-wise, um, it was one of the uh, highest-streamed events in quite some time. 
Well, as far as it's concerned, when you if you watch the actual conferences that or what's available, the conf- Xbox conference, which you can see on our videos page at uh, yourgamesource.com, there's going to be as far as the the actual operating software is three different operating softwares working cohesively on the Xbox One. So that will probably be taking uh, a little bit of the processing power because also as well, when you're playing a game, it's going to have some dedicated RAM in order for you to alternate back and forth between your TV viewing and the actual gameplay. That's their, that's what they demonstrated. I think that's one of the, the main niches of the actual performance of the actual Xbox One, which caught a lot of people's eye, was to be able to toggle back and forth seamlessly, even through just voice commands through the Kinect 2.0, back and forth simultaneously. So in order to do that, you're going to have to leave some RAM open as far as it's concerned. So that may even be a little bit more held back um, on the actual processing total processing speed of the actual unit. The PS4, I think, might have something similar to that, but um, what they've described so far has not been to the extent that Xbox One has as far as full TV integration into the unit. And I think because of that, it's going to take a little bit away from as far as the actual processing power of the actual unit. Okay. Yeah, I just wasn't sure, you know, overall. You know, again, I, I know they they boast about, you know, the fact that, you know, they have such a powerful, um, you know, power. You know, such power under the hood as you as you referenced earlier, but um, I wasn't sure overall. Well, then they're also going to. If I want to go and elaborate on specs, because you were asking in that, mm-hmm. they're both Blu-ray drives, which is going to account for a lot more storage on the actual disc. I Although think that adds in a whole new competitive edge. Uh, for, yeah, so. but also as well from a player span stamp uh, point, you can be able to to get full 1080. Blu-rays and be able to play them both on both systems now, if you so choose, um, which I know was one of the big drawbacks of the Xbox 360 is that it did not choose that option. It tried to, unfortunately, uh, one of the major blemishes on the Xbox 360 uh, generation was the the advent and their choice of the HD DVD, which obviously didn't work out so well for them. So this this generation, they are going with a with a Blu-ray format, and I think with that format, that was the right call because not only does it hold more, they're actually you know just the sheer quality from an audio and visual standpoint is is top notch at this time. The Xbox One has also said as well for the down road that it would make itself available for 3D and 4K output if you so choose to use those options. But right now, 4K is so expensive you. It's not realistic at this time, but I'm sure as the life cycle goes on, the, the price of 4K TV sets will go down accordingly. Also as well, both will be coming at, I believe, with 500 gig storage drives. But as far as it's concerned, you will be asked, I believe on one, if not both systems, at least the Xbox One, to install a full install once you decide to play the game and put the game for the first time in the unit. It will do a direct install of the entire game. And it will allow you also as well to play the game concurrently while you're installing it. But also as well, um, you will have cloud services available um, in a more readable fashion from both Xbox Live and also the PlayStation Network to counteract. So if you've run out of space, um, cloud services will be available for you to you know store your games. And then also as well, you you know when you want to go ahead and sign into account on another Xbox One, you'll be able to retrieve your games almost seamlessly as far as that's concerned. So depending, uh, obviously, on your internet connection. Also as well, the main features of the Xbox One console is that it does come with an enhanced Connect. I say Connect 2.0. They haven't officially called it that, but it is a second-generation Connect uh, with enhanced recognition uh, from a hand standpoint, also as well, it, you know, there, it even showed and demonstrated if you watch the video, um, even so much as breathing and heartbeat aspects, uh, also as well. Um, it didn't focus so much on fingers and toes, finger, real digit um, type of of recognition. I think they were more dealing with hand gestures because th- what they tried to demonstrate with the previous Connect. Uh, didn't quite come to fruition, so I think they're just taking a different approach as far as what the the Connect Xbox One can do 
And uh, I think that might be a little bit better option, especially if they want to seamlessly through voice and through hand gestures be able to integrate the what they really tried to market for most of the conference, which was the very interesting and appealing integration of TV, TV services, and also menu guides and Skype integration as well. Well, now with all the specs having been announced at at this standing, what do you find to be more you know impressive? Are we looking more? Oh, and then also as well, uh, both are using AMD core, eight core CPU chips, so they're octo chips. And you know, it, right now most people are familiar with when they're looking for PCs getting a quad core or a, a four times processor. This is going to be both on both of them eight times processors. Um, the PlayStation 4s, it's rated a little bit faster than the Xbox One. Um, both are going to be uh, uh, AMD, so that's a big boon for AMD as far as it's concerned, but also for developers and also as well uh, publishers because they are familiar with working with the AMD chip, um, and especially since the PlayStation 4 is a stock model, and the AMD, the AMD on the Xbox One is a custom job, but it's still an AMD. They should be rather easy to design games for it. I know one of the major fallbacks of the PlayStation 4 was the uh, the board and the chipset was a little bit difficult to work with because it was proprietary. And I think that's uh, because they both have seemed to jump on board with AMD. I think that those issues will be a thing of the past. Yeah, and you know, given given all the specs and everything, and and really the the core. Our, our fundamental focus on on this particular podcast is the um, the Xbox conference. So, um, you know, forgive me if I make a couple references to the PlayStation One. However, well, you have well, you have to. I mean, it's the main competitor. Xbox is is trying not to see it as the main competitor out in the market. It's funny because Xbox One and Microsoft are trying to lean towards the full entertainment aspect of it, and that's what they were trying to draw with this press conference which, as I said, did huge numbers, and there's huge interest in it as far as from, from a general consumer standpoint and also as well from a hardcore gamer standpoint. Well, and and that's, that's been the, you know, the issue the past couple of weeks. But what I will say is they're leaning towards providing a, a box that even though it does not – their intention and their saying is that it's going to be the only box you need in your living room. Unfortunately, that's not the case with several – you'll need several components for it. But um, their their goal is to try and obviously compete with what possibly is a, a better version of Apple TV or if Apple ever decides to bring out a gaming system. I think they're preparing themselves for that, whereas Sony obviously is trying to, to position itself solely against Microsoft as far as the main competitor is concerned. Well, and, and you know, a couple things, a couple things stick out to me. I guess uh, one that I was just kind of thinking, uh, you know, stewing over at the moment, but I, I had seen a, a rather comical um, spoof of the, uh, how they had taken, um, how they had taken the, the Microsoft press conference and basically took out, all the times that they mentioned the word television and Call of Duty, and and, and it, it was hard not to laugh as they as I watched as I watched this through a little bit, and it, it kind of made me at the time I'm watching it realize, you know, wow, I, I guess I didn't realize how many times they really had mentioned the word television, and that kind of bothers me about this conference, and 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 mind you, I I think. Microsoft overall made a, uh, you know, for to have impressed me, like Gerald said, um, is certainly saying something. I mean, I, I was watching it just, you know, just with with awe, just, you know, wow. I mean, that's incredible. That is just so cool how, they, how they've, you know, integrated, just seamlessly integrated hand gestures and, and just a, a combination of uh, voice commands, voice control, um, body movement, um, just- and, and I do want to say that that you have been one of the most vocal opponents of Connect. As someone who's, I'm sure, has listened to our previous podcasts, you've you've made no bones about your disdain for the Connect system, and I guess that means a lot as far as it's concerned. When when even you have uh, decided to to see the options that that it might have to offer, and, and absolutely, and and Microsoft in, in that respect. Um, certainly did impress me. However, 
I feel as though some areas they fell short in was they focused too entirely on the entertainment aspect. And when I when I say that, I'll, I'll elaborate a little bit on that. They focused, um, although I understand with the way uh, technology and in, in, in its advancements and its advancements with in conjunction with our mobile devices and just uh, Microsoft Smart Glass and just. Uh, you know, at, from everything from controlling your computer from a remote site to uh, controlling your TV with your phone or your computer, you know, and it's, um, I mean, we've, we're making incredible leaps and bounds in the technolo- technological advances of the world. And I think uh, that that's very, that's a very important factor to consider in with, uh, with what might, how Microsoft is approaching is that. They want to, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, Gerald, I feel as though they at this point want to integrate something more than a gaming system. They want to provide you an all-in-one gaming package. No, that's that's correct, and that's what they clearly tried to emphasize uh, in their press conference. Yeah. With such a low emphasis on the games, uh, wait, saying that, you know, just wait till E3 for all the games, but to heavily concentrate on all the other aspects of the unit. And that's fine to me. I, I realize that that it's you know Microsoft trying to cater uh, to more than one audience, and they're trying to get more than one revenue stream here. I recently had a conversation myself with with a let's just say someone who has a vested interest in the actual um, uh, units itself, and as far as the the actual company as far as is concerned, I think that. Microsoft is trying to cover all the spaces and trying to provide something for everyone. The problem with the Wii, it, it, and the reason why it died so hard, and I know you mentioned uh, you were talking about this the other day with, with Jeremiah, super pouring, it's just that once the niche became uh, no more as far as to the general consumer audience, they weren't able to back up as far as a games that provided something of interest to a hardcore audience. What the Xbox One is trying to do is not only corner the market on on being a system for that core audience by providing games that they're going to hopefully for the most part show good ones at E3, but also as well um, trying to to get itself and latch on early on into the generation, the next generation, to a core audience because they really know that full success does not come from hardcore gamers buying system alone. Full success in an actual console comes to when at some point the general audience latches onto it and and purchase, makes it you know a must have purchase for the for whatever year that it's out yeah, same thing and- with the P- PS2 same thing obviously with the Wii same thing with the Kinect that came out for that short window it must do what you can to make to appeal to a broader audience yeah and and you know, not not for nothing, and and like uh, like we were discussing uh, a little bit on um, on the Game Source tab, uh, Game Source page was was just that was that. Uh, my personal opinion is that although Nintendo um, had introduced uh, an incredibly amazing concept that that uh, as you know, Gerald, uh, when we were working at the video game store, you know. Having people call—I mean, I mean, literally call every day, several times a day to to check to see where um, stock and inventory was regarding the Nintendo Wii, and it was uh, it was an incredible innovation. Nintendo really thought of something truly out of the box, introduced that concept, implemented it, and was extremely successful in their sales. However, I think that. Sony and Microsoft, obviously being in the competitive market for that, realized they had a good concept, took their concept, uh, built upon it, and came out with better products. Now, Nintendo had its glory. Nintendo absolutely had its glory, and I'm not saying that. Regarding the discussion that we were going back and forth about regarding how – with the release, uh, with the announcement of the release of the Xbox One later this fall, we can only anticipate that Sony plans on likely doing the same thing around the same period of time, if not probably sooner, like we were discussing at some point. However, in regards to that, Nintendo is is likely going to take a, a back seat to this because uh, I, I believe one of the strategic influences that they're going to use 
which should come as to really no surprise to to you know the general consumer is that with the release of the new consoles, they're obviously going to implement price reductions on the previous generation of the systems. Now, personally, I, me personally, I I'm assuming I'm assuming that price point wise, and I may be on or off about this, Gerald. I'm gonna I'm gonna ballpark around probably four ninety nine. I'm just gonna ballpark it. You know, I had quoted lower, uh, but I'm I'm beginning to think that with the components in place, even though it is not in their best interest for both PlayStation and Xbox to be priced that high, I have a feeling it's going to be four ninety nine. Yeah, and I really think that um, I, at least me personally, if I if but there's going to be a subscription model that people can get at two hundred dollars less should they want to buy PlayStation Plus or also as well Xbox Live. But with the price reduction, I I can I, I think sales are are going to increase. I mean, they're going to increase regardless because you you have obviously a, a part of the market, you know, a, a part of the the uh, driven consumer that um, you know is is going to buy the next gen console as soon as it comes out. You know, I mean, they wouldn't release it if that wasn't the case. But I, I think with the with the model that they plan on setting up with the price reductions, I really think that's going to put Nintendo in last place. Uh, I don't think the Wii U is where it needs to be. I, I don't know if they maybe have missed the mark on uh, as I uh, you know, presented some uh, some data in an article I had written uh, recently uh, regarding what Nintendo's projected revenue was going to be from the release of the Wii U, and, and it fell. Where short. did you? Where where can someone find that article? By the way, at uh, our website. Uh, on my page, yourgamesource.com slash SOS Rage. You gotta toot your own horn, man. You gotta gotta keep it. Uh... Uh, well, you know, I mean, I I, you know, I I guess I gotta give credit where credit's due. I, I thought it was pretty good, but like I said, if you want to reference some of the data related to, to related to the Wii U and, and and revenue and such, you know, um, you can reference that. Since I'm gonna get back into that on this one. However, just that leading into the to the next topic here is just that. Microsoft, I think, integrated too many home entertainment components. And, for instance, uh, how the Wii seems to be going towards that same kind of general concept. Microsoft definitely um, provided a very impressive performance. I, I, I think they have uh, an incredible looking system, functionality-wise, performance-wise, uh, just ingenuity uh, it obviously is uh, uh, caters very fluently to developers, um, such as the Sony conference made reference to uh, uh, a, a very core components that are going to help developers make great games. And I think that I think that's wonderful. I think that's great. However, there's a there's a threshold that it's you know when is it when is enough enough? I think Microsoft focused too entirely on. Their NFL partnership, um, you know, the 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 they focus too much on the entertainment side, um, you know, ma- making references to you know the NBA and the NFL and you know all these all these fabulous and great and wonderful things. And well, it's uh, but again, they're to kind of cater and and point themselves into a different market than just gamers. And then also as well with the Xbox television channel that they're trying to create and the Xbox television studio that they're studios are going to have from all over the country that at least four or five different cities mentioned where they're going to be producing original content specifically for the Xbox, similar to what Amazon and Netflix currently do already. I mean, that's they're again. But they didn't balance it. it. They didn't, well, I'm, they didn't I'm just going to say it like this. If you were watching it as a hardcore gamer, that press conference was not for you. They were not the, trying to send the message out to you as far as the Xbox One is concerned. They were trying to go ahead and grab a different market. And they were trying to go with the NFL. They were tr- trying to appease shareholders who are, who are so familiar with the NFL product and how well they're doing. But also go ahead and get that vital adult male market who don't necessarily game but could use it as uh, as something that they might be interested in and might want to have 
because of the fact it has such a uh, they're going to have such integration with whatever uh, you know they're going to be doing with the NFL outside of just fantasy football. I have a feeling it's going to be integrated more than just in a fantasy football fashion. You don't spend four hundred million dollars with the NFL just on a partnership just for fantasy football. But I have a feeling that there's going to be something more elaborate and detailed once the games start coming out as far as how they're going to integrate the Xbox One's features into the actual watching and viewing of an NFL game. But, you know, even for someone like me who, I mean, you know, do I have like the, uh, you know, the ideal setup for home theater system entertainment center? I mean, no, I don't. But that's not to say that I don't think that's a, that's an important component into I, I mean, home entertainment is obviously a, a very – there's a very significant market in that, and, and kudos to them for, for pursuing that. I mean, I, I'm not saying at all that, that I think that's, that's, that's bad that they, uh, they focused a, a core part of their, their conference on that. However, I don't think they balanced it properly. I think they focused too entirely on the entertainment side and not nearly at all on the gaming side. And what was even more real, uh, what was even more real slighted was that they released the details that everybody was really waiting for them to announce uh, by, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but by quote press leaks. Um, it, I, I think leak. I think the word leak was the pretty interchangeable term from a lot of the uh, a lot of other media news outlets. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, however. You know, you you had press and other media outlets finding out after the fact um, about issues, uh, you know, re, more, re, uh, issues related more to the always-on concept, uh, used game concept, implementing, um, uh, you know, implementing uh, uh, the fee service, uh, uh, being particularly vague on the uh, the amount of the fees, uh, if, if if at all, and and just giving a very you know, leaving a lot of skepticism. So, you know, I, I don't think the way that they handled the, uh, I don't think the, the overflow of information was really handled appropriately. And therefore I really personally think the conference in, in some manner suffered from that because I know as a gamer, I wanted to see, I wanted to see some awesome looking games. I, I would love to see, uh, you know the next Bioshock, or or, or I, I mean, I don't know. I, me as a Final Fantasy fan, it would have been nice to to maybe see some brief clips of maybe even if, if the game wasn't even in production yet, but something they were thinking of doing, or you know, just seeing. You know, they they had mentioned, uh, I, I believe, uh, at some part of the conference, how they had a, a number of Xbox exclusive titles that were going to be released, and you know, I, I mean. They, they again. They were very vague on that, and and it would have been nice to see some of the trailers for some of the stuff that they were developing. And they really, they really failed. They really failed, in my opinion, in that area. And that was that was a very disappointing aspect of the conference for me. And regardless of how impressive I personally thought a lot of the um, hand gestures and the pinching and pulling and being able to 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 Skype while you're in the middle of watching a movie and being able to. Uh, to to utilize you know uh, software like you know the the Xbox TV guide and be able to use your verbal commands to be able to switch over to television channels and categories. I, I mean, I think all that was great and everything, but they did not focus enough of their presentation on video games, which I think was uh, was a great great disappointment, not only for myself, but I'm I, I I'm sure there there is some. There, there are some people out there who, who were probably at just as disappointed as I was, as I, as I was about it. And before I make a comment on that, Chris is up. Oh yes. Okay, let's hold okay. tight, everybody, here for just a second. Let's bring Chris in. What up, world? Gerald, would you like to? You don't want to leave our wonderful listeners. Fill me in. Oh yes. Well, actually, we've got him now on the line. It's Killer X Wolf. A.K.A. Chris, better known as Killer X Wolf, the well, one of yeah. the many great moments he's provided with us with his great videos and also as well the CNC podcast. Yeah, the one and only. You guys should go check it out on yourgamesource.com or check out my videos on our yourgamesource.com YouTube page, I should say. 
There you go. Uh, Nick, so in, in response to what you were saying regarding the Xbox One, I think you're right. Xbox One, as I was indicating in a conversation I had the other day, X, Microsoft as a whole, after the press conference is over, did not handle the stream of information and questioning from the mainly the games press, which they're now trying to put the blame on for misrepresenting what uh, their Xbox One is going to do can do or will it, what it will and will not do in regards to many of the features that have been widely talked about in regards to the connection status does it need to always be on also as well the use game and drm issues they seem to be a hot debate as well i will tell you this microsoft didn't get to be such a large company for any reason they they were there through smart planning and smart business decisions for the most part um, Zoom notwithstanding. But I just think as far as it's concerned, you have to understand they're looking going to look at this as a financial prospect and they have to have several revenue streams. And there's there's in the last con you know, the last generation, the last console generation, there were several Gazuntite, by the way, the last console generation had several revenue streams for, uh, possible for them that they did not go after and i think they're trying to change that with with their drm issues with you know to combat piracy which is drm digital rights management which is them trying to retain the rights uh, of the game whether or not you purchased it or, or what have you also as well the use game policy as far as applying a tariff either at the point of sale with a with a game retailer such as amazon or gamestop or also as well a tariff to uh, gamefly um, for renting it through there or Redbox, uh, also as well, um, be charging you up to. And rumor has it might be a small fee. Rumor has it also as well might be a large fee. Nobody knows for sure as of yet. When you put when when I buy a game and I put it in my my Xbox One and I play it, and Chris says, "Hey, dude, can I borrow it?" I give it to him. Nobody knows exactly if he puts that game into his Xbox One with his own account exactly how much their Microsoft is going to charge. Uh, like I said, it's not popular. I don't like it. If Sony doesn't go to that format, I would obviously go and lean with Sony. I just know that Microsoft is fully intending on making another revenue stream or two out of this. And, and I think it's going to be inevitable that probably both will have some type of fees incurring. What are your thoughts on the Xbox One conference? Well, one of the biggest things I think is, I mean, I think a lot of people have said this, and I know that I'm joining in a little bit later, but um, Microsoft doesn't want to give out too much information before E3 hits, so I know that E3 will be a big time that they're going to announce oh, a lot well, more. Well, that's, uh, just hold on a second. I want to get okay. the major major thing. I, I, that that on the stage on the stage that was shown at the Xbox One press conference. Yeah, the one that, that just a, happened. Was that a new next generation Xbox console? I, I want to make sure I get a clarification from Chris because he did say in the past that there was <laughs> going to be uh, no new next generation consoles. Um, I just want to see if I can get a clarification of that. I, I, I'm not saying anything without a lawyer present. <laughs> but to answer Gerald, as it would seem, there might be something new coming out from Microsoft, possibly a next-generation console, uh, but not confirmed yet because there hasn't been any confirmation of release date. So let's say it did. Let's say uh, there is there's something coming out. Let's say there might be something called the Xbox Uno coming out later this year. I understand the issues regarding, um, like I said, the use game issues, the DRM issues, but also as well, the always on connectivity issues, because rumor had it, it the unit was going to be always on. Most likely what Microsoft is saying is that uh, it's going to be a system where it needs to be on at least once a day. And I wanted to know your guys' thoughts on that, those issues. Well, how could you promise a console being on once a day unless um, it automatically turns itself on and off for updates or whatever it may be? Well, well, Microsoft says you can power the unit off, which of course you can. It's an electrical device. Yeah. But but Microsoft is saying that the the unit will need to be 
updated on at least a once a day basis and does not need to be always on. So what you're saying is that if I were to take my console, uh, let's say to the mountains and I took a portable TV with me and I played it out there with no Wi-Fi, no internet capability, I wouldn't be able to turn it on and play it. That is correct. That's pretty much the inference Microsoft is saying. Hmm. I don't think that that's what they're going to allow. I think this thing can be played offline. I I mean, I understand what they're saying is that they want it to be on at least once a day, but I think that if it's not, you can still at least turn it on and play something offline without it uh, being interrupted, without it actually even stopping you. If, but not, also, if not, I but think the that's problem, something really ignorant. But that's the problem is that they're, they're also... Um, one of the many stories that come out is they're allowing developers and publishers to make games with uh, the aspect of always on. For instance, EA SimCity, that had to be always on. Yeah. They're they're allowing the, the room for for these companies, these publishers to produce games that will require you. I'm not going to say, you know, every every game is going to come out like that. I'm going to probably if that's the case, it's going to be a very small amount of games that are going to necessitate an always on feature, but it, I'm just going to tell you right now, some, the latest news and information regarding the Xbox One is that you will need a, a regular update of some kind. Okay, but at least just for certain things, maybe not everything. Because if Elder Scrolls Six comes out, just hypothetically talking about this thing, and that's a never-online type of game except for DLC, then possibly they could allow that to be updated the first time you open it up and turn it on. But how do you, you know it's not how do you know it's not going to be an offline game? It might be a game where it's going to you know, need or necessitate an always online format in order for the world to always change and evolve and throw new events out at you. Well, what about what what about if there's some if there's some development uh, aspect built into the game itself that do, that refuses to let you play it unless you're on? See, that's, and that's the issue because it's, it goes back to a DRM issue with digital rights management and the fact that they're trying to stop piracy. And one of the ways to do that is if the system is always checking your, the game that you're playing to make sure it's a legitimately purchased game. Yeah, but, man, they're going, they're going a little bit far with that, don't you think? Well, you got to see what you know. How much piracy? How much does piracy affect the video game business? How much does used games affect the new video game business? You know, I understand that GameStop tries to toot out that that sixty percent of of everything that's traded in goes back towards new games, but that's still a, a lot of money that's left off the table for them, uh, for Microsoft and its publishers, as far as money not going back into their pockets. Well, this poses. Well, Gerald, this poses that question. What is GameStop's fate if what they say is true? And let's let's just say theoretically, let's just say theoretically that the game, the the uh, the fee is as much as it would be to purchase a used game. So, in other words, you're not buying a disc; you're buying a serial code every time. Exactly. Pretty much, because you, you know when you buy that Xbox One game, as I mentioned earlier, and most likely the PS4 game as well, you're installing it, the whole thing, into the unit. The disc is going to be a one-time disc. You put it in and install it, and it installs the whole entire thing to the hard drive. You'll be allowed to play it while it's installing, but it's necessitating from what all appearances as far as what news stories and, and you know things that are coming into us is that it's going to be a complete install and if you want to be able to not keep it on your hard drive, they're going to offer you your cloud services in order to be able to still play that game right away. And there's just going to be there, there are measures and steps taken that they're trying to do whatever they can to combat these sources of revenue that they, they're not getting, i.e. rentals, i.e. used games, i.e. me borrowing a game from you, i.e. piracy. All these aspects in which they they're they're losing money out on, unfortunately, like I said, I don't like it, but it's, it's going to be a reality in this next console generation. That's if it comes out. If it comes out. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, also, you know, how does that? How is that going to ultimately affect the uh, trade in value market? Oh, it's going it, to. You know, it depends. Like I said, if the issue of a full list price, which I think is it's crazy. 
And I think there'll be such a huge backlash, as there already is already. There's a lot of fear online that that's going to be the case. That, uh, but it doesn't surprise know, me. I mean, but if, if it's Liz Price, that, that's going to be an issue. Then you're really killing yourself, uh, shooting yourself in first foot. Because however much people don't like GameStop, how much, however much people don't like Amazon selling used games, how much Best Buy and other entities don't really like the way the used game market is, well, I'm sorry, it is still a necessity and, and is still a way for many people to get access to games that they wouldn't normally be able to buy. So, I, like uh, as I stated earlier, I think uh, cooler heads and wiser heads would prevail, and I think a smaller tax either at the point of sale to retailers and or a small fee every time you tried to play a rented, borrowed, or used game I think will probably be come to fruition. I think asking someone to pay, you know, something that they may not have a full vested interest in, and ask him to pay full list price is just going to just lose you a ton of money. People just will play less games, and people will just be less interested. And word of mouth, which, as you know, Chris, word of mouth is really important in the success of a video game. Being, you know, where you're, where you work at. And, and Nick, from where you worked at, you obviously know that word of mouth is truly important, not only from just here when they read our reviews at yourgamesource.com, but also as well in our on our message board, on our on message boards in Facebook and, and what have you, and, and NeoGAF and, and, and all over, GameSource, yourgamesource.com and all over. So I think I think to totally disrupt that marketplace is is really bad, but I do think that the inevitability will come is that there's going to put a dent in the used game market. Unfortunately, uh, that's, that's something that's going to take place. Uh, on that note, um, we are going to actually head to a break so we can come back and go into our round table of doom. And reason for, for the reason of the reason for that is, is Gerald, uh, so we can elaborate a little bit more on, um, on the good, bad and the ugly of, of the conference. So we can kind of go more into, Deep, some deeper aspects of what we personally, our personal impressions were. So, uh, we will be back with you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, in just your time. Come on, what? The round table of doom. Welcome to Chris. <clears throat> the round table of doom. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's good to have you back to do that. Ah, yes, it is. It always feels good to, to come back and exercise those vocal cords, you know? <laughs> the good, the bad, and the ugly. Ew. The good, the bad, and ugly. The good, the bad, and ugly of the Microsoft press conference. Each of uh, each of us are kind of going to give you a, a brief synopsis of the three items. One good, one bad, and one ugly that we took from the announcement. Um, I guess I'll kind of go through mine real quick here. Um, I know we uh, had discussed this in uh, in further length uh, uh, earlier in earlier in the show. However, uh, the good for me is is that I well hold on. Did you say the good, the bad, and the ugly? Yes. Okay. Who, who's who's good and who's bad and who's ugly? I'm bad. I'll just say right now. Okay, well, I'm not the ugly one, so. <laughs> uh, can I just put up another picture of you in the spirit hat? <laughs> That's sexy, and you know it. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know it. <laughs> I, I will just tell you, you know, after about four days at E3 and coming back, and, and you've been wearing that for the past four days when we go there, it kind of becomes really ugly in a most um, uh, unfortunate way. They wear your pajamas, dude. I mean, come on. The ladies don't seem to think so. Yeah, there's just well after after four days, uh, they even kind of uh, you know don't smell that great as well. But (laughs) dude, (laughs) who do you think they've been hugging for the four four days? Smelly guys. I I can go and point out the good, bad, and ugly of them too. Body odor, body odor, unfortunately, does transfer from one human to another after a little while. After you, after you hug like five hundred guys, isn't that sad? Isn't that sad though that they actually had to give out the body odor and stuff when we were? Oh yeah, the, at the Family Guy booth, right? At the NOS table as well. The NOS. <laughs> well, they did have NOS. 
I, actually, I don't think I could even use the one that they gave me. Uh, it was like an axe body spray. But, yeah. uh, and I think it was the guy that looked like Quagmire that was handing it out, so that's why I haven't used it. It's all fishy. <laughs> um, anyway, we got a little off topic there. The, uh, I think I think the one good aspect for me about the conference was, uh, like I had iterated earlier, I, I think they introduced uh, a, a lot of new, innovative, uh, uh, great system functionality, um, some very impressive uh, uh, just concepts and capabilities that the, uh, the Xbox One is going to have. Uh, the bad, I think the bad uh, for me would be they didn't, they didn't really show as much game footage and game trailers and uh, and gaming period um, as I would have liked. Uh, I was not impressed with um, you know for me I'm not a sports fan um, so I, I mean no disrespect to those who who are sports fans. Uh, for me, there are NFL partnerships and uh, NBA and um, you know things regarding. Uh, you know, fantasy the fantasy lineups, stuff like that. That that was not an appealing aspect for me. Therefore, um, I paid less attention to the conference at that point. Uh, and also, as uh, we said recently, uh, the the bad for me also was they focused uh, too much on the entertainment side and the. Uh, Didn't we just say one thing? Yes, this is kind of part of the same thing. <laughs> uh, finish, <laughs> uh, and overall, uh, for me, that was that was that was the bad. Too too much focus on uh, home home theater and uh, home system integration. The ugly was what we just finished really talking about. Uh, for me, was they uh, the the uh, the the all the overflow of information uh, after after the conference and uh, now recently as Gerald had stated um, you know them them blaming the press about basically you know distorting and defacing what they had said and, and, and twisting and distorting it uh, I, I think the, uh, the the way they managed the release of information regarding um, other aspects of the system was very very poorly orchestrated uh, a very uh, very poor aspect of Microsoft's part and uh, I'm very disappointed with them on that uh, very disappointed with them on that. That was something they should have uh, introduced as a as a part of the conference and clarified those questions, and uh, not have um, released just enough information to to cause uh, you know this chaotic uh, regurgitated news information stories to all these media outlets all over the web. So, Gerald, what are your year three and again uh, going back to the uh, classic movie the good the bad and the ugly i think chris said he was clint eastwood you know what i think i'll be lee van cleef and you know <laughs> like you could be eli wallach <laughs> i hope you've seen that nick because that'll make it that much funnier no he had no clue <laughs> when, we, uh, <laughs> when we tried to tape this before but, uh, we won't go there okay you should watch that. It's a great movie. I hope yes. they do it. See, that's one movie that needs a reboot, but that's for another day. Well, I don't know if they can even make another one. Like, I think they as could. Good. I as think this good? could be. I think they could could do. Plus, they would have to elaborate more on the Civil War aspect of the actual movie. So, I would love for them to do some a reboot on that. Actually, Clint Eastwood could probably still play it and still do just as good. Oh, absolutely. I yeah. think you're right. He's just like. Uh, but I think he would get now. more. I think he would get more mad and shoot more people. Oh. That would be better. <laughs> well, going back on the, what we were focused on in the roundtable of doom here at yourgamesource.com and the ga- world famous game source, exactly the world fam- famous game source podcast number seventy two. Cheap plug there. Um, the good for me, the good for me, I'd probably have to say was the obviously the television integration um, of the unit and the fact that you can be able to seamlessly with either voice or hand commands be able to transition back and forth between exactly where you want to go in the system. I think it's becoming a lot easier to navigate through the system. I, I think for someone that, that is uh, you know, into technology and the advancements of uh, electronic equipment, I really think it, it does provide something interesting to me from that sense. Um, as far as the 
bad is concerned, um, I probably have to say that the Illuma Room, which was is the 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 patent um, from Microsoft that they've actually shown on a couple of occasions at at CES and other trade shows, where it's uh, an actual um, aspect where where you can actually expand out of the TV set the entire image that you're viewing. And not 3D. You don't need 3D glasses for it. But uh, think of it almost like a, a holodeck from the Star Trek uh, series where where your whole room becomes the actual playing field or where the whole room becomes the actual area for your battle um, as far as it, you know, taking over every aspect of your room and, and, and it, uh, as far as it's concerned. That was kind of a disappointment to me. Okay. So almost taking your TV and making it whatever size your uh, room is. Well, but it's just also would expand through the ceiling. You know, it it, it would take an if you look it up uh, and we've had stories on it here at yourgamesource.com and our game source news feed. Illumer Microsoft Illumer, the idea expands the actual playing field or whatever you're showing on TV, and it actually expands it to the entire room. So even you know from top to bottom. You feel like you're you're enveloped in in an actual world, and the kind of experiences that could come from it uh, would truly excite me. And I was hoping for that uh, to be introduced along with the Xbox One, but unfortunately, uh, because I think that's a real game changer. I think that's that would be to the Xbox One what motion control is to the Wii, and unfortunately, it was not introduced uh, alongside with it. Um, and I think that's something that hopefully, if you know. Microsoft comes back to it and it's works out to be as effective as I hope it is and then what I saw it was um, that it will be able to be a part of Xbox One in the future. So I, for me that was bad. Um, the ugly was just the way that, that Microsoft has handled uh, since the press conference is concerned the, the information uh, that has leaked out. What's right what's wrong. Nobody seems to have the real story um, and, and the way Microsoft is leaking out this information is, is not uh, not conducive to to actual you know uh, fan support. You know how can you get be, how can gamers and people of great interest in this device get behind the unit with any uh, veracity if if just one thing after another, one rumor gets shot down, but another rumor comes up, and and Microsoft seems to be somewhat vague on on almost every major topical issue. Uh, to the hardcore gamer, so that was my good, bad, and the ugly. Chris, I will turn it over to you, sir. All right, I'm going to make it short, sweet, and simple, and to the point, and shorter than what I'm saying right now. So, the good, uh, there, there was actually a couple things I have to think was pretty good. Um, the biggest thing I'd probably say is uh, Steven Spielberg. I really think that this Halo project that they're doing is going to be a a big boost but, towards but Microsoft and a big. Can I, can I ask you a question, Chris? Does ask Steven? Me well, no, no, thank you. But uh, <laughs> Chris, doesn't uh, Steven Spielberg executive produce everything these days? He does, but I mean, you think about it. Even as much as we we wreck him and, and we we trash him for what he does, and he does everything, you have to say that all the numbers he makes, the millions of dollars he makes, is not bad. I would definitely give up my dignity to be Steven Spielberg any day. So I, I think that what he does is actually pretty good. It does get out to everybody, especially if his name is on it. There could be a, a B-titled movie, and as soon as they put Steven Spielberg in the, the credits for it, boom. It's going to be a AAA title, and everyone's going to want to go see it. So I think that this is going to give Halo its bump to the mass versus just the gamers. And then it'll also make people buy into the game more. Say, hey, that was a good movie. Oh, there was a game to it? Oh, well, let me try out the game and do that. Not just the advertising reasons, but I do want to finally see something on a big screen that has Halo on it, and it's not going to be a cartoon. So that, that's what I'm thinking, at least. That's what I thought was good. Bad, I, I know this is probably going to be a, a, a hit to my gut for, for saying this, but I honestly do not like the Blu-ray player. That was the biggest spec that I think they're going to ruin us on because of the fact that it is going to raise the price of the console. And they might not be by much, but it is going to raise it. If they didn't use the Blu-ray, I would be just as happy. 
And the one thing is, since they do online media for 1080p movies that you can download from Xbox Video, why would they want to add in a Blu-ray, a Blu-ray disc? They still do. I think it's just because of storage issues. It's possible. I mean, then. I I mean, put it this way: a Blu-ray stores what three to four times as much space as a a double-sided DVD. But if they're doing all online stuff, then why? I mean. It makes it seem like they're going to be not doing all online stuff because if they can download everything or if everything's going to be downloaded from a disc or from a serial number, it always has to be online. It wouldn't surprise me that it's going to be downloaded as a full uh, or it's going to be downloaded fully from online. And if they do that, they can download a 20 gigabyte game from online if there is one. I don't know if there is. But um, I mean, it, it might just be that reason, but if anything, use a dual. Well, they use dual or disc. I I don't exactly know, but I just didn't like that. That was the one thing that was bad. And to kind of uh, quicken it up, the ugly, um, the 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 biggest thing that I'm disgusted with is their their great love for EA. Uh, I mean, they kind of expressed it a little too much in how much they're. Uh, they're going to be partnered with EA. I understand that EA is a big madhouse of uh, games, but... You're here, brother. <laughs> it's just a little bit more... It, it seemed like a little... Uh, like they were coming out of the closet and announcing, hey, we have this huge partnership of uh, of EA stuff, and this is what we want you guys to know about. So, congratulations. That was the only thing that I was like, eh, a little... little uh, too much. I mean, I know that there was already going to be a Madden, a FIFA, and everything else EA, so didn't really need to hear uh, 30 minutes of the hour about it. Yeah, well, um, on that on that note, I, I know we wanted to touch a little bit um, uh, on E3, since uh, E3 is, uh, but uh, I don't want to say but days away, but I mean, I guess you could kind of I don't know. How, how many days are we count? Um, well, it depends on when you're listening to this. If you listen to this the day before E3, then it's tomorrow. Ah, oh, good man. Thinking yes. ahead. So, <laughs> E3, let me make a broad generalization. With E3 looming nearby, there we, go. Um, we uh, just want to remind everybody that uh, Gerald, I believe, uh, has the E3 page uh, completed and uh, available, correct? Uh, there will be an E3 page available. It's going to be yourgamesource.com slash E3 2013 It's just waiting on information that we'll be updating quite constantly via videos, um, press conferences. Uh, we're going to have our, our Game Source forum chat area if you want to go ahead and chat there. Plus, also as well, um, a smaller version of our Game Source news feed. So you will get all the latest news. You'll get actually all the stuff going on, on straight from the floor from from us. But also as well, every single news item will be uh, that we we can be able to get our hands on will be actually uh, demonstrated and be able to get right there as well. And um, our uh YouTube videos will be available on Facebook and as well as our Twitter, and that's uh, at Game Source for Twitter. Just Game Source on Facebook, plus also as well, uh, as Chris said earlier, the entire word yourgamesource.com on YouTube. So we'll, uh, we have a, a bunch of great content that we're looking to provide for you, and uh, we, uh, have been, we have been invited to uh, some of the uh, major player conferences, and we're hoping to uh, solidify a couple loose ends and uh, hopefully get into uh, some um, some additional conferences so we're able to provide you uh, some uh, detailed coverage of those conferences as well. So once we have some news on that, uh, we will be formulating um, our schedule uh, for everyone to see so you know where we're at and the uh, great uh, and the uh, ideal times for you to uh, ask questions for us to address. So uh, we're very excited. Um, at least I know I am. Um, I'm, I'm sure Chris is as well. And, and um, Although Gerald uh, sadly won't be joining us this year, he will be at the command center. Uh, but also as well, I just want to make sure that everyone knows over the course of the next week, we'll be doing also preview um, podcasts, one for each 
uh, different console maker, one for Nintendo, one for Sony, and one for Microsoft on uh, our prospects and their prospects as far as how good they're going to come across at E3. And so everyone look out for that coming on the way as well. Absolutely. So uh, thank you for everyone for joining us this evening. And uh, make sure you check us out at uh, www.yourgamesource.com. And please, please, please like us on Facebook and uh, so that we are able to deliver you a constant streaming of uh, of uh, all the great news and, and info and, and the going on in the gaming industry. So. And we just went over 200 uh, followers on Twitter, so we appreciate that and say thank you to everyone on our our Twitter feed. So thank you again. Well, gentlemen, uh, Chris, Gerald, thanks for joining us t- tonight and uh, until episode 73. Thank you very much, Nick, and thank you very much, Gerald, and good night, world. And have a good one, everyone, and stay tuned to us at yourgamesource.com. Booyah!